Hi, I'm Pastor Robbie Barrett, and I want to take this time to thank you for taking time out of your busy day to listen to a life-changing word from God. And I pray that as you listen to these podcasts, that it will shape your way of thinking and that you will be walking in the fullness of what God has for you. How many knows that you are delivered not from somebody waving their hand over you? Not from somebody sprinkling dust over you? You are delivered by His Word. Somebody say, I am delivered by His Word. You say, well, what about miracles, signs, and wonders? It follows the Word that has been brought forth. Can somebody say amen? So I want you to listen today to this Word that God has given me. Because what's going to happen if you take this Word? Miracles, signs, and wonders are going to come forth in your life. Now, today, I want to deal with the law of reciprocity. That's a big word there, isn't it? Reciprocation. And if you learn this law today, it is going to really, really help you in your life. And I want you to look at this scripture before I get into this message. Look at Luke 6, 37. Let's open up in prayer. Father, I thank you for this word. May your power be behind my words because I know that your voice is behind my voice. Let faith arise in here today that your people will take this word and it will change every area of their life so that they can live the life that you've created them to live. And that is a life of abundance. I praise you for this now. And what you do in their life, may it infect every person around them and connected to them in Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. It says, Judge not, and you shall not be judged. Condemn not, and you shall not be condemned. Forgive, and what will happen? You shall be forgiven. Now look at verse 38. It says, Give. Somebody say, Give. Give, and it shall be given unto you. In what way? Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over, shall men give unto your bosom. For the same measure, I want you to pay attention, for the same measure that you meet or you give, with all shall be the measure given back to you. So let me say this very clearly so you understand this. He says, with the measure that you give, that is the measure that you receive back. Now, again, I'm going to deal today with the law of reciprocity. What is it? This law is something that you and I must live by. We have to live by. You don't have a choice. Did you know that? This law that I'm dealing with today... You and I are forced to live by this law. Why? Because this is a spiritual law. This is a natural law that God has placed within the earth and in heaven that will cause things to happen in your life. But first, let me ask you some questions. Are you at a place right now where you feel dried up? You don't have to answer. You don't have to raise your hand. You don't have to say none of that. I just want to ask ask you that question. Do you feel like you are at a place where you are dried up? Does it seem like your spiritual life is drying up? And it seems like the flow of your life is being stopped. 
Now, if you have to say yes to every one of those questions, then I, I'm going to want you to, very, or to listen very closely today because this message is going to help you. If you're in here this morning and you feel dried up, you feel like the flow of God's glory and blessings in your life has been cut off, if you feel like you just can't get it together, then you want to listen to this word that God has given me. Because, watch this, if you learn this and how to apply this law in your life, it's going to cause those things to change. In other words, it's going to call that, cause the dryness in your life to be able to turn around. It's going to cause the flow that seems to be stopped up to begin flowing again. Can you say amen? Now, so God is often portrayed as a God who is just constantly giving despite anything that we do. Whether we are being faithful or unfaithful, whether we're being good or bad, it doesn't matter. We serve a God who is constantly giving, right? This is what he's often portrayed as. Now, while there are some things that God does and he gives to us despite our actions, in other words, it has nothing to do with our actions, most, somebody say most, most of the things that God gives you is based on the actions that you perform. I want to say that one more time. There are some things that God gives just because that's who He is. He's a giver. But most of the things, some might say most of the things, that God gives to people is based off of the actions that you perform. So what am I trying to tell you? It matters what you do. It matters what you say. It matters what you perform and what you send forth. Now, what is the law of reciprocity? It is to perform or send forth to do something with the intention in mind that it will come back to you. Let me say that one more time. What does it mean when I am operating in the law of reciprocity? It means I am performing something. I am sending something forth to do something with the intention in mind. What is my intention? I want whatever I send forth to do what? To come back to me. Are you listening to me? So God says this is a law that everybody must live by. Every person, man, woman, boy, and girl, is doing something, sending forth something, intentionally doing something in hopes that it will do what? Come back to them. Now, what goes forth comes back. This is the simplest definition I could give you about this. What is the law of reciprocity? What is sent forth comes back. Now, my next question to you. Are you reciprocating? Are you reciprocating? You say, Pastor, I don't even have a clue what that is. I've never even heard of such a thing or such a law. Yeah, you have. You just know it by a different name. You say, what is that? The law of sowing and reaping. Ah, now I got it, right? The law of sowing and reaping. 
So the law of reciprocity is the law of sowing and reaping. What you do, watch this, you will receive it back to you. Somebody say, what I do, I will receive it back to me. Now, why is this? Because this is a law. This is not something you're just doing to do it. It is a law, just like if I jump up, I'm going to come back down because there is a law of gravity. Now, look at verse 37 again. <clears throat> Let's look at verse 37. He says, Judge not, and you shall not be judged. Condemn not, and you shall not be condemned. Forgive, and it shall be forgiven. All right, so let's deal with this first verse. It's a very controversial verse, isn't it? And you see people on social media. You see people on every different platform. Anytime somebody proclaims the truth and proclaims the gospel or tells somebody something, what's the first thing that they say? Stop judging me. You're not my judge. Now, they say these things because they are ignorant of the word. Notice what I just said. Most of the church is ignorant of the word. Now, what does ignorant mean? It means, it doesn't mean that you can't know something. It just means you don't know something. And most people do not know what the word judge means. So watch this. Is it judging when I point out somebody's faults or failures? No. Now, the world says that's judging. But that is not what this word judging means. Do you know what this word judging means? And I'm going to help you today. And hopefully many people on Facebook are watching this so they, they won't comment on their stop judging me. Here's what this word judging means. It means to pronounce a ruling over someone without evidence. Uh, let me say that one more time. It is, it is to pronounce a judgment, a ruling, a sentence over somebody without any evidence. Let me say it like this. When you start talking about somebody and you don't know the situation, you weren't there, you didn't hear them say it, keep your mouth shut. Because Why? Because you are judging Without any evidence. Try going to a court case. And with no evidence. But saying hey this is true. That's true. It's not going to work for you. So when you see this word here. He says do not pronounce judgment over people. Do not condemn them. Without knowing the circumstances. Without knowing the situation. You weren't there. You didn't hear what somebody said. Whatever. Because here's what happens. He says, if you do this, what's going to come back to you? The same thing's going to be coming back to you. Now, let's go to verse 38. Now, what does God say to do as far as pointing out people's faults and failures? The Word declares that when we are to make allowances for our, each other's faults, let me say it one more time. We are to make allowances for each other's faults. And we are to forgive one another. Now look at verse 38. He said, give. 
Everybody say the word give. Say it one more time. Give. The law of reciprocity demands you to be intentional. The law of reciprocity demands you to be intentional. Turn to your neighbor and say intentional. If you don't have a neighbor, say it to yourself. Intentional. Be intentional. In what way? Spiritually, physically, financially. In every area of your life, you must be intentional. Why? Because I realize something. That there is a law in heaven and earth that what I send forth has to come back to me. Now, look at this. Things don't just happen. Get this in your spirit today. Things do not just happen. Well, I'm hoping that one day God will bless me, God will heal me, God will do this, God will do that. Listen to me very closely. Things don't just happen. And this is why so many people do not receive in the body is because they're waiting on things just to happen. Say this with me. Things don't just happen. There's a law. And that law is you must perform something. You must send something forth. Come on. You must perform an action for that what you are wanting to come back to you. How can I reap if I don't sow? Listen to me, church. How can we reap if we don't sow? The answer to that is we can't. So let's give some, uh, let's give some examples. You may be in here and you say, I want to be stronger in the Spirit. You know what God says to do? Give. I want to be financially blessed. God says what? Give. I want to be healthier in my body. What's God say to do? I have one person. What's God say to do? I want to be more developed in my calling. What does God say to do? So what do I mean by giving? Let's deal with the first one. I want to be spiritually stronger. All right? God says, are you giving towards that? Are you giving time in prayer? Are you giving time in the Word? Are you giving time to spend time with God and fellowship with Him. Well, no, not really. Well, how do you expect to receive to be stronger? Somebody say amen or oh me. Now, I could come in here and just tell you, just hold your hands out and God's going to pour it on you. But it's not going to work for you. I want to be healthier in my body. And I'm waiting on God to just touch me. What does God say to do? He says, give. Somebody say, give. Now, what does that mean? Get off the seat and go for a walk. Run. Lift weights. Check your diet. All that, Come on, somebody. Say amen. The law of reciprocity is you must send something forth for something to come back to you. Well, I want health to come back to me. Well, are you sending it forth? Amen. Well, you know, Pastor, the Bible says that bodily exercise profit of little. Do you know what that little means? It doesn't mean that there's very little benefit of it. That word little means the results of that exercise that you exerted is only for a short, temporary result. What does that mean? If I work out hardcore for a week and then skip the next four or five weeks, that hard 
core workout that I did for that one week, by the time five weeks goes by, it's done wore off. That's what that word means. He's not telling you that taking care of your body has very little results. It has great results. I want to be more developed in my calling. What does God say to do? Give. Give. Well, you know, I feel like I'm called to preach. Where are you giving to it? I feel like I'm called to be on the worship team. Are you giving to it? Are you spending time in practice? Are you spending time going over the words? Come on. This is the law of reciprocity. So God says, if you want anything to come to you, what must you first do? Give. I want to be more financially blessed. God doesn't say, hold on to every dime you have. What does he say to do? He says, give. Now, how can that work? That doesn't even make sense. Because, what? watch this, I send forth what I want to come back to me. Somebody say amen if you're grabbing every bit of this. I send forth what I want to come back to me. Now, many are deceived when it comes to the law of reciprocity. You say in what way? Look at Galatians 6, verse 7 and 8. Look at this. You guys know this verse. It says, be not deceived. Be not deceived. God is not mocked for whatsoever a man sows. What is going to happen? Is this a might or maybe? No. Ladies and gentlemen, one of the greatest revelations you will ever receive of the kingdom of God is that the kingdom of God is laws. It is not, come on, let me get a lucky seven. It's none of that. Well, I'm going to try this faith stuff. It's none of that. This is something that is a method that you put into place, and it works every time. Be not deceived, for God is not mocked. Whatsoever a man sends forth, what's going to come back to him? Whatever he sent forth. Now look at verse 8. For if he sows to his flesh, what is going to be reciprocated back to him? Come on, read it with me. But if he reciprocates to the Spirit, what's going to be reciprocated back to him? The life, the Spirit. See how easy this is. You need somebody to help you mess this up. Well, I want this in my life. I want that in my life. I want this to change. I want that to change. God says, are you reciprocating to it? Well, no. Well, then how do you expect that to ever come forth in your life? You see, if you want, God's made it easy for us. This is not hard. God's made it easy. He says, if you want something in your life, whatever it is, whatever area it is, God says, reciprocate to it. Sow towards it. And when you sow towards it, you put a law in effect called the law of reciprocity that causes what you sent forth to and what you sowed into to come forth back into your life. So he says if you sow to natural things, you'll reap what? Natural things. But if you sow to spiritual things, you will reap spiritual things. 
Whatever you send forth comes back to you. Now, what you do, what you do causes a response in the spirit realm. Notice, if you look in this verse, or these two verses, you will notice that this law works in both ways. This law, that's why I told you, like it or not, you are using this law, you just don't know it. Because whether, watch this, well, I just don't know why bad things are happening in my life. 99.9% of the time, you're reciprocating towards it. I'm not saying that everything's your fault. But most of the time, it's by something you have what? Sowed. Now, what you do causes an effect in the spirit realm. So the spirit realm continues, right? It continues. It goes on until somebody stands up and sows something. Until you sow and you reciprocate something. Then a law comes into effect, and the spirit realm has to respond. Everywhere you see that somebody received a miracle, received a healing, received a breakthrough in the Word of God, everywhere you've seen it, it was a result of somebody causing the spirit realm to respond. Because they did what? They reciprocated to it. <laughs> somebody say, hey, man, I'm getting this. I'm getting this. Look at Luke 6.38 again. So he says, Give and it shall be given unto you in what manner? Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over, shall men give to your bosom. For with the same measure that you meet with all, it shall be measured to you again. I'm going to break this down for you. What does good measure mean? It means no room left. It means overflowing. So God says when it comes back to you, it's going to come back to you where there is no room left. It is overflowing. What does the word press down mean? It means, it, think of a bag of grain. All right? This is what this means up here. It means when you're putting grain in a bag or a sack, right? You press it down, right? You pack it down so that you can do what? You can feel more in the bag than you could just leaving it loose in there. That's what this interpretation means. It means to press it down to make more room so that you can feel every ounce of space in that container. Oh, yeah. Look here. Shaken together. So not only would they press down the grain in the sacks, but they would do this. They would shake it. Why? To make sure it fills every little crevice. So God says, when you reciprocate, when you put this law into motion, He says it's going to cause something to come back to you. What causes what does it cause to come back to you something in like manner somebody say something in like manner if you want to be <coughs> if you want to be financially blessed hitting the weights is not going to change anything why cuz it's not something like manner 
Amen. But if I do something in like manner, it causes that which I did to come back to me. So he says it's going to be good measure, pressed down, shaken together. By the time it's done with, there's not going to be any room for you to store anything else concerning that area. It's going to be overflowing. Somebody say overflowing. Why do we get excited about overflowing? Because we got too much. No. Because if it's overflowing, it touches other people around us. It infects other people around us. If you have joy overflowing out of you, what's it going to cause? People cannot hang around you and stay depressed. Somebody say amen. They can't do it. If you've got, watch this, if you've got spiritual strength about you, nobody can hang around you and stay weak. This is what this overflow means. So he says, with the measure you are sending forth, it will return back to you. Now, here's the part where we have to ask this hard question, right? All right, pastor, this sounds real good. But let's be honest. Why would I give something and it only to be given back to me? That sounds like whatever I give, the same amount, the same capacity, is just going to come right back to me. Seems to me I should just keep what I have to begin with. Somebody lift your hands if you say, that's what I'm thinking. That's what I'm thinking. But this measure is a different kind of measure. Ah, let me help you today. This measure is a different kind of measure. This is not a measure back. In, in other words, it is not with the same capacity or with the same measure that is coming back to you. It is a different kind of measure. You say, what kind of measure is it? I'm going to tell you. This is a measure that comes back to you. When you look at this in the Greek, it means abundant requital. What does abundant requital mean? It means compensation. So when compensation is due unto you, when you put this law into, into effect, something is due to you. Some of you are not hearing this. Because here's what you've been taught. Give and serve and do and do all these things, but don't expect anything in return. Come on. Don't expect anything in return. You don't expect from that person. You expect from God to reward what you've done. Because he says, watch this. He says, even if you have given a drink of water to the least of these, you have done it unto me. It is not gone unnoticed, and it will be rewarded. Somebody say amen. So God says there is a compensation that will come to you. When you reciprocate in your life, when you put this law into effect, there is a compensation that is due to you. But this compensation that is due to you, it comes back in what way? In abundance. This is not dollar for dollar. Somebody say amen. This is not the same measure. So hear this revelation today. 
I'm going to give you this revelation that the Spirit of God showed me. I'm going to show you how to get rid of spiritual dryness. I'm going to show you how to open up the flow back into your life. Because how many know sometimes we get dried up? Come on, that's real. Sometimes we feel like the flow of heaven has been slammed shut. So what do I do then? Look at Mark 4. Look at Mark 4. It says, he, Jesus said unto them, Is a candle brought to be put under a bushel or under a bed and not be set on a candlestick? Next verse. For there is nothing hid which shall not be manifested, neither was anything kept secret, but that it should come abroad. Let me stop right there before I go on. Now, we used to sing a cute little song. This little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine. But this is not what Jesus meant when he said this. Are you with me? This is not what Jesus meant when he said this. Listen, look at what the Spirit is saying here. He says, no man buys a light or a candle and buys it just to hide it under something. It was created to do what? To bring or shine forth what? Light. Watch this. There is nothing hid. Somebody say nothing. There is nothing hid which shall not be what? Manifested. There is nothing that is kept secret that it will not be what? That it will not be revealed. Ah, look at this. Next verse. For if any man have ears to hear, let him hear. I want you to pay attention to every word that Jesus is saying here. If any man has ears, let him hear. He said unto them, take heed what you hear. Say this with me. Take heed what you hear. Why? For what measure you measure, it shall be measured back to you. For those that hear, watch this, shall be more be given. All right, watch, stop. I don't know if you caught that. But Jesus says, when you hear. He says, what measure you send forth, that measure shall be given back to you and what? And what? More. Somebody shout more. And more. That's why I told you it's not dollar for dollar. It's not measure for measure. Go, go to the last verse. It says, for he that hath, to him it shall be given. For him that already has, what's going to be given to him? More. He that has not, from him shall be taken even that which he has. Now, how many has ever read this verse and said, that's kind of cruel? Come on. I, that doesn't make sense to me. Why, if, if somebody doesn't have to begin with, why would they take what little he has? How many wants the Spirit of God to show you this morning? All right, now look at this. Again, this has nothing to do with letting your little light shine. Now, that was cute. But we need to know what the Spirit of God is really saying here. What is the Spirit saying? The only reason that some things are hidden 
is so that somebody who sees its value will search for it. You didn't hear what I said. The only Why does God hide some things? Because he wants somebody to see its value and look for it. Why are some things that God clearly reveals, but then there are other things that God keeps secret? Because only those who see its value will the secret be revealed. Watch. Let him that hears take heed what he hears, because what he hears, he will do what? He will send forth a what? Measure. And by that measure he sends forth, it shall be given back to him and what? More. What does, what does Jesus mean when he says, let him that have ears hear? Take heed what you hear. Say this with me. Hearing is value. You can exchange that word hearing for value. So let's read it again. Let's start at the first verse, Dave. <clears throat> let's read it all again so that you get this. He said unto them, Is a candle brought to be put under a bushel or under a bed and not to be set on a candlestick? For there is nothing hid which shall not be manifest, and neither, neither was anything kept secret that it should not come abroad. If any man has ears, let him have value. Let him see the value. Let him know what's valuable. Next verse. For he said unto them, take heed what you value. Uh -huh. Come on. Take heed what you value. For what you value, that's what you're going to sow into. Let me stop. What you value, you will not sow into anything you don't value. People could preach to you. They could talk to you about it. They could pump you up. But until you see the value in it, you won't sow into it. I don't care what it is. Because whatever a man values, he'll measure out to, he'll send forth to. And it shall be measured back to him, and more shall be given. Next verse. <clears throat> Watch this. And for he that hath to him shall be given more. Why will more be given to him that already has? Because he knows and he sees the value. And what is hidden will be revealed to him. What has been secret will now be revealed to him. The more you know, the more you receive. Let me say it again. The more you know, the more you receive. But watch this. For he that has not, why does he not have? He doesn't value. Bless the Lord, I want to be strong in the spirit, but I always feel dried up. You, watch this. Your wanting's not the problem. It's your lack of value. Watch, 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 watch. 
Because if I don't value it, I won't sow into it. Come on. How many has ever seen that, that, uh, the commercials on the screen? That guy on there, I mean, he's, he's looking buff. He's got the six-pack. He's got all these things. And what's the first thing we say? I want that. Right? I want that. But we don't value what it took to get there. We see somebody successful, and they say, we say, I want that. But what we don't, watch this, we don't value what, the, what they had to do, the sacrifices they had to do to get there. Jesus said, it will be revealed to you how to get what you want. How many wants, to, want it, wants it to be revealed to you how to get what you want? Jesus said it will be revealed to you because nothing is hidden that will not be revealed. Why? Why was he hiding it in the first place? He wanted you to see the value of it. If you Watch this. When you see the value of something, it will be revealed to you how to get it. I, I'm just, watch this. I don't know if you caught this or not, but I just showed you how to get rid of of spiritual dryness in your life. I just showed you how to get rid of that flow that feels like it's been cut off. Start putting into motion the law of reciprocity. Well, how do I do that? I must first see its value. Is there value in me spending my time instead of being on television or a phone or something like that? Is there value in this for me taking time in this instead? Is there value in me sacrificing maybe a little bit of time with my family or my friends and just spending time with God and fellowship? Is there value in that? Is there value not just reading this word but digging deep and studying it? That's something that only you can answer. Now, I could stand up here and say, this is valuable, that's valuable, this is what you need to go after. But until you see its value, somebody say amen. Until you see its value, you're not going to uncover it. It's going to stay hidden. It's going to stay a secret. Well, I just thank God that we have... Preachers like you that reveal these things to us. You don't get it. Watch this. I could reveal something to you today, and the enemy still blind you to it. They had Jesus in the flesh revealing things of the kingdom, and they were like, I have no idea what he's talking about. Why? Because they didn't value The same people who said Hosanna in the highest was the same people who said, crucify him. Somebody say, give me more if you want it. Give me more. Give me more. Give me more. Pay attention to what you value. Church, pay attention to what you value. Because whatever you value, that is what you are going to sow into. Good or bad, that's what you're going to sow into. Now, the one who doesn't value, even what he has will be taken away. With a little bit of spiritual desire or hunger or whatever, 
that somebody has, if they no longer value it, it's going to be taken away from them. See, it doesn't sound so cruel anymore, does it? This is why Jesus said you don't cast your pearls to the what? Why? Because they don't value it. He said they'll just trample right on it. Somebody say, my time is valuable. What I have to say is valuable. What God has taught me is valuable. You've never heard something like that, have you? Whatever God has showed you is valuable. Why? Because you had to take the time, you had to search it out to find it. And don't you let anybody try to tell you that what you have in God is not valuable. I'm going to buy this tape myself, I'm telling you. Now look at Romans 12, verse 10 and 11. Heather, come on up. Romans 12, 10 and 11. Look at this. It says, be kindly affectionate one to another with brotherly love in honor. So honor one another more than yourself. Next verse. Do not be slothful in business. This is a bad translation here. What it really says, do not be slothful in your zeal. Be fervent in spirit. And that word fervent means to be on fire. I am hot. I am passionate about this. Be passionate. Be hot in the spirit. And that's not uppercase spirit. That's in whose spirit? Yours. Do you know you have the power? (laughs) Do you know you have the power? To strengthen your spirit and to make yourself on fire for God again. No, 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 no. I need the Lord to touch me one more time. No, this is what Paul said to Timothy. To Timothy, he said, you fan the flame. You rekindle that fire in you. You stir yourself up. So he says, why do this in what? In serving the Lord. Well, you know, I just don't get much out of worship anymore. Well, how much do you put into it? <laughs> Woo! Well, you know, Pastor, prayer just doesn't do much for me now. Well, how fervent are you in prayer? I, do, I used to just have such a hunger for the Word. You know, I to just gobble it up. But, you know, I, I've read this so many times. I just, it just really doesn't, doesn't really help me anymore. Could it be the answer to every one of those situations that I just named? Could it be because you no longer value it? Let me ask you a question. Do you value worship anymore? We come into churches and and we feel like we got to pump people up. Come on, lift your hands, do this, do that. Why? Because people don't value anymore. Do you value the word? Do you see its value? Do you see the value of prayer and communication with God? 
Remember this. Watch this. You will never honor what you don't value. You will never honor what you don't value. You know why this generation has such a nasty attitude when it comes to honor now? Did he go there? Yeah, I went there. You know why? Well, I'm not giving somebody honor until they deserve it. No, that's not how honor works. Honor is due. Paul said, give honor where honor is due. If somebody is over you in authority, they deserve your honor. Your mother, your father, they deserve your honor. Somebody say amen or oh me. Your pastor, your leaders, whatever, they deserve your honor. It has nothing to do whether you like them or not. Why don't we honor? Because we don't value people anymore. Now, if you want to deal with the law of reciprocity in business, here's what they teach you in business. They say, you need to operate in the law of reciprocity. In what way? What you do for other people, that will make them feel obligated to do the same to you. That's in business. Are you listening? They feel obligated. So watch this. So let's go back to the first verse. Go back to verse 10. If I honor people above myself, what's it going to make them feel obligated to do? See, church, watch this. We go about it the wrong way. I'm going to demand respect from people. Well, you go right ahead. People need to honor me. If you want people to respect you and honor you, reciprocate. Hey, come on, somebody. Reciprocate. They did a study. They said if you just smile at people, it forces them to smile back, even if they don't want to smile. Why? Because they feel obligated to do so. This law works whether you like it or not. It works. And so God says, if you want certain things to come forth into your life, he said, start reciprocating to it. Hear me. Start reciprocating to it. Start sending forth something so something can come back to you. And God made a promise. He said, don't be deceived. You can't sow in this area and receive in this area. No, he says, whatever you sow in like manner is going to come back to you. Somebody say, what I value, I sow to. What I value, I sow to. And if I value something, you never have to come to me and tell me to do it. Somebody say amen. See, sometimes we want to come in church and we want to shout the house down and we want to do backflips and all this other stuff. But sometimes you need meat. Sometimes you need things that's going to change your life completely. And this is one of those messages. Now, if you want it, give it. Say that with me. If I want it, I'll give it. How many remembers the golden rule? How's it go? Do unto others 
as you would have them. Well, I'm going to wait until they do me right. That's not what he said. He said, do them right because you want them to do you right. What's that? The law of reciprocation. How many's learned something in here today? When you become intentional, when I want God to do something in my life, I get intentional about it. What do I mean? I go to work immediately, and I start. I don't just sit there and wish. Wish don't get anything done. Boy, I wish this. I wish that. I want this. I want that. That gets nothing done. You start reciprocating towards it. And if you become intentional, church, in whatever area that you want God to do something, if you become intentional, here's what's going to happen to you. Pools are going to begin to form in those desert places in your life. If you believe that, say amen. Thank you for tuning in to this week's episode of Prophetic Faith, the podcast edition. For partnering information or for prayer requests, you can go to our website at www.accelerantfaith.org or you may email us at accelerantfaith@yahoo.com. And just remember, one word from God can change anything.